Greetings and welcome to Dance Africana Dance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lindsay Gary. Powered by Dance Africana, Dance Africana Dance Podcast highlights the African dance tradition from Houston, Texas to the African continent. Its episodes specifically celebrate Black dance artists of the past, present, and future, the history of Black dance in Texas, and African and diasporic dances from around the globe. Our Black Dance in Texas episodes are also a part of a larger oral history project to document the history of Black dance in the region. On today's episode, which I'm really excited for, uh, we'll be discussing and exploring house dance. And our guests today will be sharing their artistic practice and work around that field in that area of Black dance. We're joined by three amazing guests. We have Kyle and Dianita Clark, and we have Angel Anderson. So I want to go ahead and take a moment to introduce these phenomenal people. Kyle Jesso Clark and Danita Queen Di Clark are both award-winning dancers, choreographers, and street dance competitors who have dedicated over 20 years, y'all hear that? Over 20 years to the cultivation, transmission, and preservation of hip-hop street and club dance forms and cultural traditions. Like, woo, come on, y'all. They have done this in multiple facets of the culture as professional performers, educators, mentors, and cultural ambassadors. They've toured both nationally and internationally with world-renowned Rennie Harris, Pure Movement Hip Hop Theater Company as principal dancers and rehearsal directors, and have represented the U.S. as cultural ambassadors three times via the Obama administration, uh, BAM, Dance Motion USA, the U.S. Embassy, and Next Level USA. Come on, you put Obama in there. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't playing a game. <laughs> they performed, taught, and competed internationally in over a dozen countries. They've also judged and won not, excuse me, won national and international street dance competitions, including freestyle sessions, survival of the illest, just uh Debao. Am I pronouncing that right? Just the boo. Excuse me, listen. Just the boo <laughs> USA and multiple appearances on House Dance Forever. Okay. Over the past 10 plus years, they've developed multiple entities that have done work across the country. They created Just Soul Street Dance Theater Company for performance. Funky Soul Fundamentals for the Education, Groove Factory Intensive, the Intensive Soulful for the Party, and the Soul Open for the Battle. I love how y'all have touched all the different elements and created uh, institutions around those. That's phenomenal. Some of their honors include both winning the University of the Arts President's Distinguished Teaching Award. Kyle received it in 2017, Danita in 2022. Philly Rocky Award, Kyle in 2017, Dinita in 2020, Kyle Pugh Grant in 2017, Dinita got the uh, Pugh Fellowship Award in 2019, and 2017, the Leeway Transformation Award. Come on, awards. Y'all are decorated, okay? <laughs> After teaching at UART, Temple University, Drexel, and Swarthmore College as adjuncts for 10 years, both Kyle and Dinita have also earned their MFAs from the University of the Arts, and Kyle is a full-time professor at Swarthmore College, and Dinita is a full-time professor at UART. Let, first of all, let me just give a clap for the bios. We no, always no. have, we always have <laughs> these guests, and I'm just like, I'm blown away. Y'all are excellent. I just can't handle it. And then we also are joined by the amazing Angel Anderson, who is a movement artist from the south suburbs of Chicago. Come on, Chicago. She's an alumna of the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign where she obtained her Bachelor of Fine Arts in Dance. Anderson's movement 
archive includes street and club dance forms, modern and contemporary forms, and traditional dances from West Africa. Come on, Sabar. Traditional dance from West Africa. <laughs> Her research examines, yeah, y'all will learn more about how we're all connected to this. Her research examines the relationship between African diasporic dances inside of the U.S. and traditional West African dances, notably the arc of mutual inspiration, hybridization and of and dialogue between these dances. Anderson has completed the first two modules of the current African diaspora training hosted at Ecole de Sable in Senegal. Over the course of the two modules, she has worked with artists such as Oliver Taparga, Judith Sanchez Ruiz, Alexandra Souton, and Toyin Saguro. Alongside performing as a core member in Rennie Harris uh, Peer Movement, she is studying under Rennie Harris University to expand her knowledge on the street and club dance scene. Let's go. I'm excited, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always excited, but like I'm really excited because I love how you all are connected and I love how we're all connected and how y'all are going to connect to that on this episode. So I'm super excited to have y'all on. Let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. So first, before we talk about house dancers while we're here, I want to talk a little bit about y'all's background outside of these bios, right? Um, what got you into dance in the first place? And whoever wants to chime in, feel free to do so. Wow. Um, I guess I'll jump right in here. Yeah, um, first, thank, you, thank, thank you so much for having us. We're excited um, to, to be here today. Um, entrance into dance. Um, I want to say... Uh, of course, we all listen to Michael Jackson. So, you know, seeing him, you know, do the do the back glide, which he called the moonwalk back then, but seeing him do that back glide across that stage with that glove did a thing, right? <laughs> and then we're all interested in dance. But I think uh, for myself personally, my entrance came in with tap. Um, I took my first tap classes at nine years old after seeing uh, Gregory Hines and White Knights um, and tap. And after that, it was just, it was a match. You know, I, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. And I was so excited. My mother and grandmother were like, you want to take a tap class? I'm like, absolutely. And I, I never stopped moving from that point. So that was kind of the entrance into dance was through tap classes. For me, uh, in the household, my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother, they've always danced. They've always um, provided a welcome space for intergenerational exchange in that organic way that we don't really think about when it comes to our families. Um, you know, and then Saturday morning cleaning, Soul Train definitely was a big yeah. part and a big inspiration that included artists, of course, like Michael Jackson and a plethora of others, movies like Breakin', breaking one and breaking two, even dirty dancing, you know? So growing up in an era where those kind of dancing movies were accessible to me in the household and also with family, finding space to just do that as a natural everyday daily occurrence. So I would say that's where my dancing started and the inspiration mm. came from the family. Mm, mm, mm. And Angel? Ooh, I would also like to say thank you for having me. Um, a mixture of both. Um, I was very inspired by Jenna Jackson growing up. I remember watching some of her uh, concert footage from Hawaii. I might've been like maybe two, two to four. And I was doing the choreography with her. And so my aunt was like, okay, we obviously need to put her in dance classes. And so that's what she did. I love when parents cultivate those things and they see those things in their children and they encourage it they don't shut it down like that's powerful 
and the, the thing about the house, no pun intended, but being at home and being surrounded by dancers. And I think uh, I always used to say, uh, well, let me say always, but at one point in my life, when people would ask me, when did you first start dancing? I would immediately go to my studio experience. And I was like, at some point I had a like, kind of a turning point. I'm like, wait a minute. Like I was doing, I was choreographing before I was going to a studio. Mm-hmm. I was, and I, I, you know, you know, making up dances with my sister in the front yard, you know, <laughs> with our neighbors, we were all, I mean, we put on the, the radio, we were going. So even improvisation, right? That's something we grew up doing, music, being around our communities and our homes. So I appreciate that y'all are highlighting that because it's 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 not ironic, right? <laughs> right. Especially when we talk, especially when we talk about house dance, right? Like those things being connected to something that's really close to us. And so I want to shift over to where you were introduced to house dance or how house dance became a part of your uh, practice. And so we can start, let's start with Angel with this one. All right. So I was always listening to house music growing up because I'm from Chicago. And so my aunt was a complete house and club head. So (laughs) I knew a lot about the music. I continued listening to it up into my adult age. And I ended up going to the University of Illinois. And that's why I studied dance. And I met a grad student. um, His name is Denzel Thompson Stout. And it's funny because he's their student or was one of their students. Um, So yeah, I studied that with him for about three-ish years and then decided that it was something I wanted to keep doing. It was something that I fell in love with. I was reconnecting to my childhood. I was reconnecting to my lineage with my aunt. And yeah, I found an opportunity to dance with Rennie and meet him and just connect to more of the street dance pioneers and that's how I got here. Wow. Why why am I not why did I forget you from Chicago? I know <laughs> you from Chicago, but I never even connected the dots. Like, oh, this is one house dance you from Chicago. Look it. See? And what about y'all too? Uh Donita and Kyle, Kyle Clark. <laughs> well, it's a party, a Philadelphia staple. Um, this is twenty this is this twentieth year. Yeah. Right. So I was 19 and I was a freshman in college. And um, actually, did I go before meeting myself? I'm not sure. I think I heard about the Sunday party, which is an all-age house party, uh, ran by Lee Jones and uh, DJ Dirty, Frank Colazzo. And um, yeah, we met uh, one of our professors, Marcel Durden. And on you know he taught us locking uh, for a course. And fortunately, I was able to take it for one semester, but because of... Um, other courses that I had to take that was required. I only was able to take his class once. But uh, within that time when we took his class, you know, we kind of saw him like house dancing on the side, but he didn't teach it whatsoever. And so after hearing about the house party and he's just like, no, well, I'm, I don't teach that kind of come to the house party, like, you know, with him. And so we did. And from that point forward, we kind of like clubbed four nights a week. Um, there were four different, there were a lot of clubs, a lot of clubs, clubs, but we frequented four nights a week, which we're very fortunate to have had that opportunity because every city is not like that. So it's a thriving house uh, community here, especially to run in it at at such a young age. Um, And then later on, maybe the next, the following year, no, actually later on that same year, 2002, we met some of the pioneers that taught at um, Elizabeth Legends. Um, 
Yeah, and I don't want to take up too much space. No, I mean you, you so. just about you just about <laughs> nailed it all. Like, um, yeah, that was my experience running into to Munsell Durden, who now um is is the full time. He's a full time professor at USC, chairing the very first hip hop dance major at a college. Um, he's been doing that since fifteen, and so with him inviting us to the club, like you said, we didn't have a direct teacher. He was like, look, I don't teach that, but I can take you to the club. And that was, that was instrumental. Um, so that, that to direct embodiment. And it was our way of, um, of, of releasing the frustrations of having to, you know, know that ballet and modern was the only way that we could achieve success in dance in, in the world. And so we embraced it as a catharsis and later on turned it into, you know, our, our practice for, for life. <clears throat> That's uh, y'all are saying so many amazing. First of all, I'm a little jealous that <laughs> we didn't, you know, I wasn't exposed to it um, at all. I think I probably first heard about house dance maybe in college, like just in passing. So I went my whole life never really hearing of it. Um, and then when Afro beats uh, started getting popular, I started hearing about Afro house, but I didn't know mm -hmm. about this whole long yeah history that occurred before that so you know i started doing research and that's how i started learning more and then i, I think really started seeing it once i was aware that it was there right yeah. because now i know what i'm looking for so perhaps right. it was around but it wasn't as apparent as we you know maybe in chicago or philly and other parts of the country maybe even in baltimore and so uh i wish i would have had that but i'm glad y'all are here to kind of talk about how y'all were raised around this and how you had that as an outlet. I wish I would have had a professor. I, I studied dance at University of Houston. And I wish I would have had a professor be like, come on, I'm gonna take you to the house party. Listen, like, it, was, it was just as shocking to us as it is to yes. you. Right. Like, yeah, you want, right. you want to take us to the club? Sure. sure. Like, like, <laughs> but that's a part yeah. of the experience. Like that's right. Absolutely. It's not, and it's not just the club. It's like, this is where culture lives, you know? Absolutely. Right. And you know, it's ironic you say that because in Baltimore was a huge hub for house. Um, in the beginning, Louis Vega had a residency in Baltimore at the Palladium. I missed that entire era because, mm. you know, growing up in the, in the mid nineties, you know, gayness was still, you know, a taboo topic that, you know, folks in black communities mm. like to talk about. So, you know, the teenagers are just like, hey, you know, club nights is Friday night at the Paradox and Sunday night at Hammerjacks. You are not caught downtown on Saturday night. Don't you dare go down there. We know what you are. You know, I'm like, what you mean? What, you know, what is what is what I am if right. I go on Saturday night? Right. And I ain't want to find out because all my boys was like, no, we don't do that. So I'm like, OK, so I missed the whole golden era mm. um, of house. So it, it was ironic to run into it in Philly after it began to die down in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I and I want to talk a little bit about these hubs, because I think I came across somebody uh, through Dance Africana who reached out to us at one point about Baltimore House. And I was like, OK, so then how how does how is that different than Chicago House and how is that different than House maybe done in Philly or other places? But before we get into like those different regions, what is House Dance? Where does it come from? Who were its earliest uh, influences. We know that it has to do with music, community, right? Like all of our dance traditions, but kind of tell us a little bit more about the history. Wow. Um, what is house dance? It's a continuum. We mm. all know every generation or so, Black just takes a new formation in dance. Right. It's, 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 it's been going on since the dawn of time. But um, 
House in particular, <clears throat> as we know it today, started out in in 77. That's that's where we mark when Club Warehouse was opened in downtown Chicago um, by DJ Frankie Knuckles. Mm -hmm. um, he was asked to be a resident uh, DJ there, but he's he's from New York. Right. Mm -hmm. But he was brought down there to open this club and it became so wildly popular. And what he did differently was he was mixing, you know, R&B and funk with Afro drum and bass and electro sounds. And um, it was a different sound that no one had heard before, um, which brought A-listers from around the world to this club. And once the club shut down in 83, uh, most of the music and the dance movement from that point went to New York, of course, the largest import city in America at that time. Um, with, and so once, once that kind of shifted, but inside of that vacuum were multiple cultures at one time, right? So you have African, you got Latin, you got tap, you got, you know, hip hop met it in that, in that mid to late eighties space. But prior to that, it existed before hip hop met it. Um, but once it did in that mid to late eighties clubs, like the loft and paradise garage, um, which were very exclusive clubs, but also LGBTQ clubs. Um, they <clears throat> hip hoppers came into that space, and um, the catalyst for for that moment was uh, was Marjorie Smarth. Um, she passed away in twenty fifteen, I believe. I believe so. Um, from breast cancer, she was only forty six years old, and she encouraged all of her hip hop friends to go to the club with her to Paradise Garage in the loft because hip hop clubs were being deemed as dangerous because as gangster rap came to come to the forefront, now um, clubs are being shut down via an old cabaret law, which basically stated that um, dance and a bar setting cannot happen. So they used that to shut down hip hop clubs in New York. And so with hip hoppers having nowhere to go, they went to the house club and that's how the explosion happened where hip hop meets house. And then that's where they join. And then it gets pioneered around the world by uh by a group called Mop Top, who then broke into two groups, Elite Force and Dance Fusion. And Dance Fusion was responsible for house and Elite Force was uh for hip hop. So that's kind of sort of how it, it was, the dance was conceived mm -hmm. and then pioneered around the world. Come on with the history. That's powerful. So, and I was going to ask you a question about the differences between hip hop and house. So obviously there's an overlap, right? But how <laughs> would someone distinguish those movements, especially given the fact that there is an overlap? How would they distinguish those movements and even those sounds, if possible? Mm. If possible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes and no, right? Like, yes, yes. Well, I mean, it starts with music. Music is the action, dance is the reaction. So when music changes, dance changes, right? So with the music changing, so the difference is, of course, naturally, hip hop is in between 70 to 90 beats a minute. House is between 120 and as high as 160 in Chicago, right? Um, so the music then, tells you how to organize the the dance you have to organize it differently based on the speed um house has more of a uh a, a, a transitory you know beat boom it's just knocking on your soul you know what i'm saying hip-hop is boom get that dre the bass and the snare boom back that boom back which 
creates a different movement pattern. So hip hop mm. is more on the on the boom bat and houses on that base, but then you hit other things that come alongside the way, right? <laughs> but house has a specific, <laughs> house has a specific genesis qua, and hip hop has a specific genesis qua. I think their ability to mesh is based off of their roots, right? Mm -hmm. Which is African, right? You were mentioning that and how we connected to that um, is hip hop. Uh, well, with house, you have multiple cultures that are informing mm -hmm. the dance. With hip hop, it's blackness and brownness in whole, in part for hip hop, breaking being the first official form. And then when you get into the social dances, they were all done in black and brown neighborhoods. So hip hop is more, um, is more, I want to say, uh, from the root of, of black culture within, you know, I wanted to, for lack of a better words, projects, right? Spaces where blackness was contained, right? It's mm. coming from that. And house was coming more so from LGBTQ spaces where any and everyone was accepted, but that was mm. the only place people could be accepted, right? For the lifestyle that they were living. So that kind of what differentiates the dance forms mm -hmm. was how they were, you know, spread about or how they came to be more, more or less, right? Yeah. And then, so the music is the key to that answer when it comes to the dance. In-house is a club dance. It's a club dance. Hip-hop was done. Hip-hop's done socially, block parties, weddings. Street. Yeah. And that's so where street dance, dance comes from because most right. of those folks didn't have studios, right? They'd be mm -hmm. outside with their boys, back spinning on cardboard mm -hmm. or looking as as loose joint who, you know, I just had down here. Um, one of the one of the folks from Mop Top was basically saying like, yeah, I used to practice in the in the windows in front of Macy's, you know, just trying to figure out how my stuff looked. <laughs> or your own reflection from a car outside on your block. Mm. And, and, and I mean, wow, I'm I'm laughing because I I think all dancers have been there at some point. Yes. When you're creating with your day. friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But I just did it the other day. I had a performance um that was outdoors at a park. And I'm like, we didn't have a mirror or anything to rehearse in, but I'm, so I'm like looking at the reflection in this glass. I'm like, ooh, am I doing, or did we do the right <laughs> stuff? So I'm laughing because it's something I've been doing, but it's like something very recent. And then also going back to this um, this influence of the LGBTQ+, um, did y'all want to add on maybe Danita or um, Angel, anything else about that influence and why it's so important to mention that or to highlight that? Yeah, I think that you know, <laughs> citing inspirations and the people you're around and what you carry with you, especially as an educator, is very important to include the people in the spaces that influenced you. So I think that's critical in this thing of preserving and disseminating all the information that you have, because we are more than one. We don't arrive by ourselves. We carry our experiences, our shared experiences intergenerationally with others. And it's important to cite them, you know, as we carry this thing forward. So yes, it, it's pivotal to, you know, mention. And it's, oh, okay. So, and as far as, um, I wanted to circle back because I almost forgot about the club scene. What makes the club dance different than the street dance minus the actual location? Because couldn't technically a club dance be done in the street and vice versa? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You can do the technique and a foundation anywhere, but the feeling that the club provides is like none other. Um, the bass from the speakers, the atmosphere that the DJ creates, if they're really paying attention to the crowd, the different people, the person two-stepping with their drink in the hand, the um, elderly person <laughs> that's like dancing for four hours and looking like they don't have any like, you know, stamina issues. And because the first time I went to a club in New York, a like 65-year-old man battled me. He gave me six rounds. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I'm gonna make it <laughs> like right now. But all but the smile on his face. So those things are priceless. He wasn't doing the most technical moves, but his spirit was very loud. And it definitely like pushed me in a way, um, you know, being a young dancer, thinking that it's all about these certain moves or vocabulary words and which we refer to in the Clark method as the foundation of te or technique of certain. Um, yeah, just foundational moves or whatever. So we call those words because we use that to speak for ourselves. But, you know, just having those different inter actions and exchanges with different people of different um, age ranges or races and experience levels. But um, for us personally, experiencing something we call the blackout space um, is something you can't predict. It's like everything has to, like, it has to be the right music, the right exchange, the right song. And before you know it, you're freestyling for three minutes. And then when you're done, someone's like, oh my God, that was amazing. You know what you just did? Like, no, I didn't. And I love the fact that I don't know what got me there, but those are the moments that we chase and experience within the club. And I think that when you do it outside of the club, I'm not saying it could be less fulfilling, but it's, it's a rare occurrence to get into the blackout space in a different space. Right. A different location. Right. Yeah. And plus, you know, being in the club, you know, like she was saying with the speaker systems, um, feeling music is is super important. So frequency, as we were talking about right. um, uh, in grad school together, right? We were, we were talking about frequency and what that means and having that frequency hitting your body consistently in a specific way lends to a different movement palette. And when you're when you're out, when we talk about street dance, um, we're talking more so about hip hop and in its inception was breaking and breaking was right. done outside, right. right? And the music was adjusted for the dancer. In the club, the dancer's adjusting to the music. Right. Does that make sense? So outside you had Cool Hurt going, pick your fit, wait, they only dancing to the break. Wait, all right, I'll play the break over here. I'll play the, we just gonna keep playing the break to see these guys keep doing this thing over and over. We gonna call it the merry-go-round, right? right? right. So, so that's kind of sort of that difference between street dance and, and club dances. Club, you, you're you walking in and you're knowing, you know, what you're getting into, right? With hip hop outside in the street, it could literally go from anything. You could go from James Brown to, you know, to Barry White, you right. know what I'm saying? Like that, that can happen like this. And those are two totally different feelings. You see right, what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Thank y'all. And Angel, did you have anything you wanted to add? Mm. I saw you nodding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I've had a lot less experience going to the club just because club culture is a bit hard to access right now, especially depending on where you live at. I live in Columbus, Ohio currently, so uh, okay. I work with what I have, you know? So um, I definitely agree on that experience of like entering that blackout space. It's something that feels very, very spiritual and mm -hmm. that you can't control. It's something that kind of just comes over you. And um, yeah, that's that's what I think. 
it's giving it's giving trance it's giving ring shout it's giving absolutely so so much of you know and that's why that's why i think black dance is so just beyond powerful like when you said this blackout space this um this gave me chills because it's like yeah it's something that you don't always you don't have the words for really um and the fact that y'all gave it a name or that you have a name for it, I'm glad because it's something that's very, very difficult to articulate. It's just something you have to know that you've experienced. Mm. Um, and, and and those who know, they know, right? Yeah, they just yeah. know Absolutely. they just know what it, who who and what it is. Um, and I said who as well, because who is there in the space with you, seen and unseen, right? Mm. Um, right. And so um I'm also I'm wondering about locations again in terms of like I said I'm sad I didn't get that experience here in Houston um because our uh the way I grew up right the kind of clubs that I had access to <laughs> when I got to at least be in high school we had a little teen club it's very the music tradition is very different around here so it's very um you know southern I mean for like I don't know for lack of a better term it's very yeah. southern you know you have um, Houston being home like chopping and screw, but you also have all the what UGK they call the Southern rap tunes. It's a different kind of feeling. Um, but then you, my people being from Louisiana, you also have this kind of opposite end of like Zydeco music, which is like where my family's from in Louisiana, which has a different kind of pace than what you're gonna find in Houston. Completely different type of pace. Um, and when you were thinking about talking about the beats, it made me think of that. And then going all the way down in New Orleans, you have bounce and things of that nature, which is a very, in second line, which is a very different pace. And that kind of made me think about this kind of feeling you may have with, um, you know, a house dance, but again, in in a different space, right? A lot of our dances are done at home or are done outside for that, you know, trail rise through the streets, you know, however you may, uh, it may land. But it's just so powerful to think about the different rhythms that come with that. And I wanted to ask you, based off the whole location piece, why do you think certain locales, house dance is uh, more popular? Um, and even music. Like I said, you know, I know I've recently heard about Baltimore, but then also Philly and then the scene and, of course, in Chicago. Why do you think that there are certain areas, New York, of course, that... Uh, house dance has taken more uh, um, has made a larger presence in and what other locations are there besides those that you mentioned well one um, the size of your metropolis and the population that's within your metropolis right so if you have a very culturally dense space those seem to be more where you know, house is, is acceptable because they're more than one kind of ear in that space that, that lends to folks wanting to have spaces where this music is played. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the first big thing. And um, I mean, house was really, really, you know, after, after Chicago, um, when it came to the Northeast, it really became a, a Northeast thing until those pioneers took it around the globe. And now um, we we would say, we would hope to think that you know there are major hubs of house dance in America, but the major hubs are in France, 
are in Amsterdam, are in Japan, are in China, right? Or and Brazil, Brazil, oh God, Brazil, yeah. right? So those are the major hubs for house dance now, where you can people from all around the world are connecting to those spaces just to get house, yeah. which is so ironic that it was born here in America, <laughs> but you got to go to Amsterdam or you got to go to France to, you know, get the feeling that it once had at home. You know what I'm saying? It's strange, but that's kind of sort of where those hubs are. And I think um, it, it bridges, it bridges people without language, without verbal language, right? The physical language is easier for folks to connect to um, with house because of that consistent that's that's a heartbeat if you right. can't connect to that you're not alive even if you just do a head body like, <laughs> right <laughs> some folks say you know they, we had two steppers too and the two steppers all they do is this and we feel that and thank you for being yeah. tonight your presence matters Absolutely. too you know what i'm saying like the two-stepper man you gotta love that the party don't feel like the party without two steppers <laughs> And you know, it's so funny that you say this. Me not being like in the immediate, look, I'm trying to be in y'all community, but, but me, not being, me not being a part of that immediate house dance community. I was in uh, Paris on, a way, on, on my layover to um, Senegal a few weeks ago. And I was there in uh, September, October. Anyway, so on my, I, on my way, I stopped in Little Africa, which is this um, area of Paris where, um, you know, people you know, from all over Africa live, from all over the, you know, Caribbean are now living in, um, in, in Paris. So I had, I met people literally within my, my layover was eight hours. So I probably was in this area for six hours and it was just, um, I, I was like, next time I go to Paris, you know, cause usually when I'm on a flight, I'm trying to go to Africa, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, if I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go to Europe, I'm going to try to connect with our people. Cause I've been to Paris before, but I, you know, I did the Eiffel Tower you know, thing. Right. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to do that this time. <laughs> so anyway, I was there, I think maybe maximum six hours. And I met somebody, I met people, not just one person, I met people from Central African Republic, Madagascar, uh, Mauritius, Guadeloupe, uh, Mali, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, Haiti. I mean, I within just this brief time, it was just this hub. And I remember there was it's a place called Little Africa Village. If y'all get a chance, uh, check it out. No, they're not sponsoring this episode. I didn't want to mention it. It's <laughs> amazing. But look, maybe they should. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, it was just that amazing. And I walked in and um, the lady who worked there, she's from Guadeloupe. And uh, she had previously like lived in Canada, all these different things. Anyway, she was like, oh, you're from Houston? I was like, yeah. And she was, I was like, because, you know, usually people don't necessarily know about Houston abroad or they, they know about Texas, maybe. And so um, I was like, yeah, like, you know, she's like, there's this amazing house dance festival there. And I was like, you know, I was like, I didn't even know. And she was like, yeah, I'm a house dancer, you know? And I was like, really? I was like, I've been trying to <laughs> connect more with that. Angel, you still owe me a house dance uh, class. Okay. Anyway, that's a side note. We're in Senegal. I was like, girl, we got to do a house dance. We got to do it. We never, it was just so busy. But anyway, so she said that to me and I literally started following this page that I had, didn't even know it existed and it has been around apparently for some time. But it's just it's just funny that you mentioned Paris being this hub and then I walk in and she's like, oh, like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, this is my, you know, well, let me not say that on camera, but she's like, this is what I'm doing. And yeah, like, I would love to go to Houston to go to this festival. 
And I was like, yeah. So anyway, needless to say, it, you're right. Like it, it makes, it all makes sense. So I want to shift gears a little bit to talk more about um, y'all's individual. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Angel. You okay. gonna apologize to me for that. Oh, good. Um, I have, I think three different things that popped inside of my head when we were talking about these different hubs. So one being that movement is a language and there are so many different dialects or manifestations of a thing. The thing or our dialect just so happens to be house. And because the pioneers did take these dances overseas, when we occupy spaces maybe overseas, we get to interact with these people and just find that common language and um, it's really special, really. And I think this happened to me for the first time when I was in Senegal and I was at the offer house battle. And it was so strange because everybody was speaking French. I speak English and, um, but we could still understand I, each other. I don't speak French. I don't speak French. <laughs> I don't speak French. <laughs> I, I made a piece called I don't speak French. And that's why I'm messing with her because I made a piece called that because it was like, you know, it was a lot. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Go it's ahead, crazy. no, go ahead, Angel. I want you to finish, sorry. But yeah, um, even in like receiving direction, they were speaking in French and I'd have to be like, oh, like I speak English. But sometimes it was just a matter of having to pick up on how people were moving and noticing these different nuances or common threads that people were engaging in. And then two, this past summer when I was in Senegal, we were engaging in uh, Iberian coast dances. And so um, there are two social dances that we were learning and it was Zawali and Zigli Biti. And Saki, who is our instructor for the course, was talking about how they use house as inspiration for the social dance. So like, Everything is intertwining with everything. Everything is inspiring everything. I was reading this article um, that included the arc of mutual, the arc of circle, mm, hold on, pause. The arch of mutual inspiration, there we go. And they were talking about how dances from the States or from wherever, they always are constantly inspiring one another. So I just wanted to hit on that. And that exchange is so, I mean, that's what I live, like, that is my whole life, like, goal is to connect us in that way, um, because it's amazing, and I, and I, actually, a lot of this conversation, can y'all hear me okay, still? Okay, a lot of this conversation uh, came up with when I started engaging in, like, Afrobeat dance, and this was before it was really popular, so this was before, like, Kid, like, was, people just right. knew him like a household name in America um, is when he was, you know, very early on Houston. If y'all don't, y'all don't know Houston, I think we have the largest Nigerian population outside of Nigeria. So, um, yes, I grew up around Nigerian. So I was, I, you know, all these Nollywood on Netflix, we were watching it on the DVDs and on the VHS when I was a kid, because I grew up <laughs> like very close with a lot of uh, Nigerians. And my dad, his best friend from college was also Nigerian. So it's like, I grew up in that, uh, being very aware of that environment. And I remember, you know, we started doing a lot of, actually Dance Africana, when I first started the company, we were background dancers for Afrobeats artists. <laughs> That's like what we did. And I needed a way to protect our money, essentially, and protect us as artists. So I created a structure to do that. But that was the first thing we did was, that's what we were known for, Afrobeats background dancing. 
and uh, choreographing for Afrobeats artists and things like that. So anyway, so anyway, I've been in conversation with this for some years now. And I remember um, that's when I started thinking about this exchange because I remember encountering uh, people who would say, particularly Nigerian people who would say, oh, this is Nigerian music. And I was like, yes and no, right? Because it's this is hip hop. <laughs> this is heavily influenced by hip hop. And then, you know, you start doing the research and you start realizing Afrobeats come from Afrobeats without the S and Fela Kuti being, you know, being one of those major, you know, influences. And, and you know, again, what you were saying before, Kyle, about the music leading to the the dance and the, that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, Afrobeat being that precursor to Afrobeats. And then you look at Afrobeat and how that was influenced by jazz and funk from mm. Black Americans. So then it's like, well, you know, I'm like, okay, so yes, it's a Nigerian manifestation of a global uh, Pan-African or Black uh, musical tradition. <laughs> because I'm like, you can't, you know, you can't discount these early influences in this hip hop, this rap that's taking place over a beat. And, and it's powerful that those music, musical styles can have that exchange. Like how you have Congolese Roomba, you know, and with house and then all these different things. And that's powerful for us if we use it in the right way. And if we keep um, some of these, if we keep the names alive or the, the, um, if the precursors, if you will, if we give note to that. So I think sometimes we can, we can tend to discount earlier influences and say, oh, this is one thing. And it's like, no, let's not, let's not forget. And yeah. so with that, I, I want us to just, you can just popcorn out, um, if you will, just who are some people's names we should remember when it comes to house music, when it comes to house dance, like just some people that may have influenced you, that have pioneered, that have um, revolutionized, um, that have maintained um, this area. Just shout them out. Wow. Of course, DJ Frankie Knuckles, um, Larry LaVan, yeah. Carrie Chandler. Ah. Uh, oh, my God. There's so many. Like, Olson Lade. Olson Lade. Um, Rich Medina. Jeez. These are, and these are all DJs, by the way. Um, Charisma. Charisma out of Baltimore. Um, Lee Jones. Philly. Frank Colazzo. Yeah. Uh, Nico. DJ Nico. Uh, DJ Spinner. Uh, DJ Calvin Bailey. Black Coffee. <laughs> right, people that are bringing it to the forefront. Um, these are DJs of folks. Um, uh, David Mancuso, right, for for holding, you know, the uh, the the loft and the, you know things like that. Like, there's so many names. Okay, of course you have, like I said before, Marjorie Smart. Yes. Um, Dance Fusion. Those are the folks that took it around the world. That's Khalif Sellers. Um, <clears throat> Tony McGregor. Tony McGregor, uh, E. Joe Wilson, Brian Green. Shannon, Shannon, Shannon Selby, and Shannon Mabra. Um, you also have Sekou Haru. Uh, oh man, uh, when you come to when it comes to Europe, right? When we were talking about Paris being that big hub, you have the serial steppers and one well, one tip that started in 1992 mm -hmm. or three ish. Um, 
And so that's that's Ux and Babson, Babson who started off a house who passed away in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um uh Mamson, uh Capella, uh, you go to Japan, you have Hirosan, Tatsuo, uh oh man, Pino. Uh there, there's so many people around the world that are responsible for keeping it alive. Um, it's too hard to name every person. And anybody watching, if we forgot your name, it is not intentful. We're being asked in, in real time. Um, but but nonetheless, those those are some of the, like those major names of folks that we've met through our generation that are above us, right? That that have um, set the bar, right? Cricket, Camp yeah, the cricket. cricket. Like, there's still so many names, right? There's so many that are that are popular. Kim Holmes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and generation and USA, yourself, myself, Toyin, Tasha, Sam. Junius. Junius. Junius, yeah. Junius Brickhouse from DC. Um and who did you say, Andrew? Nubian Nene. And they're within our generation. Of course, you know, Rennie was in that generation in that class of first house movers, you know what I'm saying, coming out of Philly. Um, Shakan. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, Shakan Marcel, Marcel as Marcel said. And of course. Um that there Oh my god, we'll be here forever. No, but no, this is good. You know, this the reason why I asked that is because um, it's not about it being an exhaustive list because I think, Kyle, you said something earlier about, um, what was the word you used uh, when I asked you about what house dance is? You said it's a continuum, right? Right. So this is not to say... That they're the end all be all got it. These right? are the people that are in yeah. the line of lines and whoever inspired them, right? Mm-hmm. They'll they'll have their time to and to, whoever to, and whoever's to come. The names we don't know yet. Um, and I think y'all are important, all three of you, and that's why you're here because you're also doing that work um at different stages, you know, to not only keep it alive, but to engage with it and to be honest about it. I mean, to see Angel um when I was in Senegal. Uh, teaching house, you know, given that history as a young person, like explain and explaining that history um, to our brothers and sisters from the continent of various places um, and to have that broken down because sometimes people may know the movement. They may not know the history or they may not know um, some of the things that were happening before they got introduced to it. Um, and then to see you all at uh, University of the Arts, you know, doing a whole, you know, research is action performance with the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, what? Like, to see that being taught at the university level, um, I know, you know, we still have a lot more work to do in um making sure that our dances all around are treated equally in academia, right? We have a lot more work to do, but to see that and to see that that was being respected um, in that situation, like that's powerful. So I was like, look, when we, uh, when we getting down? <laughs> right, right, look, right. Look, I'm gonna, sign up, I'm gonna sign up for an intensive with y'all, okay? But no, see, like, but I'm serious. Y'all, y'all know when I say so, I'm just be playing. I'm laughing, but I'm serious. No, no, so, no, anyway. no. Jokes are fifty. <laughs> jokes are fifty percent true. I know that <laughs> for sure. Right? I like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate what y'all are doing, and I want to talk um, as we begin to wrap up a little bit. 
I want to talk about um, just how, where do you feel, um, what kind of a little bit more about your house, your practice with house dance. So I know we covered a little bit with your bio, Kyle and Danita. I'm gonna go to Angel first and just talk about how does that inspire you? Cause I know that you, y'all are all engaged in other forms. Um, I remember watching Danita do improvisation, you know, with house and baby, she bust, I said, my job, she bust out with some, um, I can't remember which West West African dance step it was, but I'm just like, oh, that's that's how we do it. And I and I thought I thought that was so rich, and that's I think that's what makes house dance so rich, right? The different influences, and you know, listening to Kyle talk about how you know you started with tap dance, and and Angel, uh, seeing you do Mafundula, you know what I mean? So like, talk about how these things. Um, are intertwined with your other practices or just what you're doing, how house dance fits into that. Just in a, in a summary. So we'll start with Angel. Come on, Ms. Anderson. Mm. <laughs> this is such a good question. I think it's important to note that at university, I was studying primarily like modern and contemporary and things of that nature. And um I think what's so beautiful about street and club dance culture, just I, African diasporic dances is the fact that it is constantly evolving. And so it's not something that exists outside of these Eurocentric forms. It's something that can come inside of it and evolve it and make it into something that is completely other, you know? So I make it a point to always honor these different parts of myself rather than separate them because that's what they want us to do in a way. And um, so, yeah, in my freestyle, you'll see Mafundula, you'll see House, you'll see some aspects of hip hop, maybe whacking, like um, it's never just one thing or the other, it's both and. And I try to also facilitate that and encourage that when I'm teaching, you don't have to leave different parts of yourself behind. Absolutely. And you don't have to segment, right? You don't have to segment. I think that that's so powerful. And what did you say? It's the both and. Who does that sound like, y'all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Y'all the friends. Yeah. Y'all is the friends. Oh, Mr. Friends. The both and. I'm gonna have to send him this episode. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead, y'all. So tell us. And I don't know if y'all want to talk collectively or individually, but I would love to hear. So um, I think Danita, were you about to say something? Do you remember the question? Yeah, yeah, I guess kind of like this crossover of like all of our backgrounds or the various okay. backgrounds that we have within dancing. Um, you know, to piggyback what Angel said, yeah, like bringing all parts of your training, all parts of your experiences um, inside of the classroom, in the club, um, within different forms and, you know, just honoring yourself and your experiences, knowing that is valuable and to use it, you know. Um, for your benefit, not only for the aesthetic purposes to get a job or to jump on stage, that could be a part of it, but that's not all of who we are. So, you know, going back to, you know, my childhood when my mom would like wave in the house while she's cooking and I'm like, oh, okay, well, if a wave comes out through my house movement, then you're going to see it because it's a part of me. If, you know, if you're going to see a fan kick somewhere, jump up into a half split, I don't know. It's all going to come out because if the music inspires that, then I'm going to allow myself to follow through. And I, I think that's, you know, an important to 
you know, when you separate certain things, you do it for your understanding of the forms so that you can say, I understand this. But then when you're out of the classroom in a club space, you're using all of your tools. That's what we like to refer to it as like, how am I using the tools I have that I've acquired throughout all of my experiences, you know, to speak for myself and to say how I feel in, in a moment. And that requires vulnerability, honesty, and ex acceptance, right? And allowing yourself to, um, to just be. Yeah. yeah. So you gonna leave with life lessons? I'm just. I I'm mean, just, that's what you gotta do. It's you know, and you know, dance is life, and life is dance, and that's right. what we believe in. You know, right. trying to receive our higher self, our most spiritual self. You know, to elevate and to edify and to fortify, like to just let it all hang out. You know, yeah. chasing that blackout space, and mm. you have to be content with where you are in a moment, and let it be what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, the 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 overlap yeah you know you and see that's the thing that's the thing about house dance in particular when it comes to the club you come as you are right it's just like it it, it it's church right right um, for some people and and when you come in you're coming in with different backgrounds different origins different movement profiles uh, or should i say physical languages right? right and just because you enter a new space that has a different language doesn't mean you 100 percent abandon yours or better yet that doesn't mean your your dialect is going to disappear right, right. you still have that that lends to your individuation but also knowing that you're you are speaking another language because you know some oh lord i'm about to jump into one but i'm, I'm gonna jump in. you know Go folks, right folks uh you know some folks are you know are really about pressing boundaries and um and and you know fusing everything which is fantastic because evolution is necessary but it kind of dilutes what the thing is if the the rules of said thing aren't stuck to so foundation is super 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 important and yes it is okay to throw in a whacking arm yes it's okay to do you know a piece of top rock it's okay <laughs> to do those things as long as it makes sense in the construct of your sentence does that make sense you just can't blurt it out because you got it in your bag like we all got tools. If a plumber is sitting at a sink and he only needs a wrench, he's not going to pull out a hammer and a screwdriver. You see what I'm saying? Right. He's not going to do that. He's going to use the tool that's necessary for that moment. You know what I'm saying? And some folks just like laying their tool belt on the floor because they have one, which is nice. And they people expect you to respect that because you've laid a whole tool belt down. No, we see that you're prepared. That's nice. But do you have the tool and the knowledge how to use that tool for this moment? Right. That's what really defines you, not how many tools you actually have, because musicality is a sensitivity to music, not the ability to hit a beat. Right. So once you once you understand, you know, tone, color, tone, pressure, all of those things. Right. All of those things speak to your IQ. Right. And, and your understanding of the culture, the music and the, and the dance. So but fusion is definitely necessary. Um, I think the the saying to put it in layman's terms is you learn the rules, then you break them. And a lot of folks don't take the time to learn the rules. They just jump right into breaking it. And I'm like, uh, you got to learn what the rules are first before you can change them. Right. Just like you got to learn English before you can start speaking the slang. You got to understand what it means in English before you understand what it means in the hood. Right. So that, that's that's kind of sort of 
that's kind of sort of the thing. But fusion is definitely, definitely a, a good, good thing, right? We do it all the time. Um, and But it, it lends to your individuation. And without it, you're just repeating what's been done before, right? Um, but I actually just want to take a second jump off that and jump back to what you were saying about Afrobeats is super dope. Um, because it proves it, it proves that that mitochondrial thing, right? It's it's mitochondrial going from you know because um, I spent some time in in Nigeria, you know, for about a month and a half. I spent I spent in Nigeria and and running into Afrobeats and running into those dances. It was like this is eerily reminiscent, you know, like the um, dances like the Campo Jamu, right? Which is like this pull and you drop with the head drop. Yeah, right. I'm sitting there like, okay, well, what does that mean? Right. What, what is what does that mean? He's like, well, you know, at night, sometimes the electricity doesn't work. So when you pull the generator and it works, you're like, yes. And I'm like, oh, exactly. Right. That's Just so like the prep is, you know, making fun of preppy kids or preparing yourself to look in a mirror. Right. For a party. Right. All of these things. Right. Speak to our culture and what you do in the culture. Right. So I think that's how we connect hip hop and African is that these social dances are, are derived from our actual daily life experiences. That's what creates the dances. So if you're not a part of that culture, you're not going to understand what the dance is. And just because I can I can say the term tondu doesn't mean I know French, right? It just means that I know that word for that thing. Does that make sense? So it, it's all, it's it's a very delicate balance, mm -hmm. but if you respect culture, you'll take the time to really, really learn how to speak that language and then add yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not the head, <laughs> Not the head Bob. <laughs> Yeah. Look, I'm like, hmm. anybody else want to add as we wrap up? <laughs> no, but seriously, it's you said so many good things, all three of y'all, and I'm just like, I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to add any two cents. That's just it. Indeed. And um, there it is. And that's something else. So uh, <laughs> um, were there any um, final thoughts? We're going to talk a little bit about how people can connect with y'all in a second, but are there any final things you want to say um, I'm not sure there's anything else left to say in this moment, right? But if there is, I want to give space for that, hold space for that. Absolutely. Um, house dancing is a lifestyle. House culture is a lifestyle. Folks lived and died, you know, repping this and were ostracized, tarred and feathered for being in this lifestyle. Um, it's one that we don't take lightly. Um, and so, um, a big part of, um, I think I want to talk, you know, le leaning back to Brenda Dixon, Gosschild, you know, appropriation, approximation, assimilation. Um, what does it mean to bring folks or for folks to come into the assimilation of a culture as opposed to approximate or, or appropriate, which means actually being a part of said culture, right? What does it mean to go to the club every week for a year and see what happens, right? How, what does it mean to stay in that thing, right? That vacuum so that we fully understand the weight or the shoulders of people that we stand on um, is it's, it's super, super, super important. Um, uh, for folks to know that when you get into house dance, yes, that it's fun. Yes, it's freeing. Um, but but freedom requires a release or a submission or or a sacrifice of some kind, right? Because um, that's what a relationship is, right? It's a sacrifice um, to some degree. 
And, and as long as you're willing to, you know, sacrifice um, the ego, the culture, then can, can meet you where you are, right? And it's a tough thing to do um, because we're taught to protect ourselves at all times, right? Like protect yourself, protect yourself, protect yourself, right? But what does it mean to open up because love and hate come through the same gate? So you can't, you can't, you can't receive the love without receiving the hate too, you know what I mean? So know that that comes as a part of the package when you walk into any culture, right? right. Some people gonna love you, some people gonna hate you, but house is all about the love, man. It is really about sharing and connecting with folks um, uh, and to, to share your experience or give your testimony about what's happened in your life to this music in real time, right? Regardless of whether you black out or not, the point is to just speak honestly. And honestly means speaking truth. It has uh, your truth, right? It doesn't mean speaking somebody else's truth, just your own. And, and the culture will, will, will push you forward as it should. In real time. Um, Donita, Angel, any final thoughts? Yeah, like we said it all. And that's, and that's, <laughs> that, like you said, it, it, it's crazy. Like, it's literally what you said earlier, Donita. Like, you leave it all there in that moment, right? Like, right. like that's it, you know? So, I mean, I want to thank you all. Y'all are phenomenal. Um, I'm inspired by each one of you, and I'm so glad that you were able to share um just all the knowledge um your experiences with us um and for us to learn more about um house bands or to be able to celebrate it for those who are those of us who are already familiar um yeah. with the form because i think that's a part of it is celebrating naming and honoring our traditions so i want us uh to take a moment to share any events or activities that you have coming up, um, another way for people to connect with you outside of events such as social media, websites, anything you'd like to share. Um, we can start with uh, Danita for us, please. And I guess for both of you, or however y'all want to do that. Danita's like, yeah, me. So you can find me on IG at queen underscore D-I-N-I-T-A. Um, you can find Kyle at Jessel at J-U-S-T-S-O-L-E. Our entity, um, Jessel Street Dance Theater, you can find them at J-U-S-T-S-O-L-E-S-D-T for Street Dance Theater and um, at Funky Soul Fundamentals, which is our educational entity. Um, soul is S-O-L-E as well. So Funky Soul Fundamentals, you can find it there. Um, and our website. And our website is Jessel. Come on, website. Right. So so those are all of the ways in, in which you can reach us. Feel free to DM about anything and everything, just as uh, Dr. Lindsey Gary has done. Right. So if you, you, you feel like reaching out, you know where to find us. Yes. Thank you so much. Y'all, please connect. And Angel, how can they connect with you? They can connect with me via IG as well. My name is ang.d.anderson. Come on, Angie. And do y'all have anything coming up? I know Angel was, was on tour recently. So are there any events that y'all have coming up? Because this um, episode will air pretty soon. So anything that y'all have coming up before the end of the year that anybody can uh, check y'all out at? Absolutely. We we literally just finished a month of programming um, at Swarthmore. We did a Hip Hop is 50 celebration. But mm. nonetheless, coming up at the end of this year, um, 
we'll be we'll be doing we'll be doing a lot of things you know a lot of workshops and some other things that are going forward things that we can't really throw out there at the moment but nonetheless just you know stay tuned to to our instagram pages because we got a lot going on indeed yes and angel just see what Rennie Harris Pure Movement is doing and I'll be there. Yes, and shout out and to Rennie Harris, right? Yes, yes. Somebody that Dr. came to Lorenzo Harris. Yes. yes. Sorry, Dr. Dr. Lorenzo Harris. <laughs> doctor. Yeah. yeah, he got two yeah. honorers. You gotta say it like that though. He has yeah. to come from <laughs> that particular place. <laughs> doctor and doctor. It's two different things. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank y'all so much. Um be sure to connect with Dance Africana Dance Podcast. Our website is danceafricana with a K.com. And again, danceafricana.com. Our Instagram is danceafricana. And to my Africana people, don't forget to dance.